Hi, Mark. Hi, Jay. Hi, Buck. Howdy. Hi, Julie. Hi. Welcome. Uh, we're here today to talk about the online orthodoxy and the red pill, and maybe uh, some things about what's going on in the desert might creep in. Who knows? We'll see, what, we'll see how she goes. Uh, so this started off, uh, first of all, it's, it's nice to know that... We're hosting this, right? Like this is this is what we're <laughs> doing. It's not yes. this is on Buck's podcast on Counterflow. This is on Two Bit Podcast. It was a bit of a kerfuffle, inside joke, baseball things going on, folks. Is that when you when you host a podcast show, <clears throat> oftentimes when you're doing these these guest invites, it's, if 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 wires get crossed, it's almost like host, hosting a house party. Like, wait, who's bringing the dip? Like, what's <laughs> what's going on? Did you? Is it to your place or my? I don't know. Because yeah. um, I thought I was like, oh, when are we going on Buck Show? Thank God, Mark, <laughs> out, out of the mouth of babes, right? Because yeah, he just he just mentioned he's like, oh, so what? Uh, do I need a thumbnail? What's the thumbnail for the show? I'm like, I think we're going on Buck Show. But wait, <laughs> wait actually, wait. Now that you mentioned it, <laughs> yeah, Jason so says, is it okay if, if Mark's there? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I expected it because I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's y'all show. Of course, he's it's okay. <laughs> So this this all got inspired uh, uh, because I put out a tweet uh, that Buck liked and shared, uh, which I couldn't find it getting into the show. But um, basically, the, the gist of it was, if you would be more concerned about St. Mary Magdalene's body count rather than her salvation or redemption, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and uh, and that, I think that cuts to the heart of a lot of stuff we're seeing, <clears throat> you know, with the orthodox online orthodoxy. Uh, and now with the red pill movement, we've got you know, girls like uh, Pearl Davis and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> the Andrew Tate's of the world. Everyone seems to have an opinion. Everyone, everyone wants to share an opinion. Uh, most people's opinions are garbage um, because that's just how, you know, opinions and assholes. And uh, especially when it gets into orthodoxy, a lot of things, a lot of people are making comments that, uh, and I don't want to call anyone out, but it's more, I find it distressing that you're combining orthodoxy with uh, a lot of leftover opinions from maybe before you were orthodox. So uh, with all that in mind, uh, Buck, you're an orthodox Christian. Julie, you're an orthodox Christian. Uh, I'm an orthodox observing Christian. Uh, Mark is not yet. I'm, I'm uh, a black sheep. Yeah, well, he's 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 pretty. Much among, amongst a lot of people in this crowd, I was the one raised really strictly Christian, so it's it's a lot harder for me to uh, jump back in wholeheartedly. It was very hard to get out and sort of reestablish my own faith in my own way. And uh, yeah, I I, I I I I start with a toe, and then I stay with that toe for we'll, a while. We'll get him there. We'll get him there. Uh, Buck, and then or Julie or whoever wants to start. Initial first thoughts on orthodox online orthodoxy and the red pill. I would I I would let Julie do this because ladies first for one and she has a lot more um, before I'll, well, I guess I'm starting I'll just say before I met Julie uh, and her sister I was not particularly familiar 
with the red pill as far as manosphere stuff goes and and then the opposite the opposing dialogue with what women are worried about online and what men blah 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 i had almost saw zero of that my entire life um and then julie kind of was like well look what this person said i didn't know who andrew tate was uh i don't think it was right around when cyprian was starting to talk to me about him as julie mentioned him so then i started to kind of catch on i was not familiar at all with him before that so having said all of that julie has been much more familiar with this dialogue so yeah i i'm sorry for introducing you to all of it buck because it's honestly terrible <laughs> It's the worst rabbit. It's the worst rabbit hole. It's the worst. It's so depressing because I think there are, I mean, there's people like me who are coming out of the secular left-wing feminist world who then find different ideas about how male-female relationships ought to be. And maybe they end up Orthodox Christian, but then I'm, what I'm seeing is such an extreme reaction to left-wing secular ideas about men and women, that it's almost becoming like fundamentalist. There's almost like, I, I hate to say it, but I've even like caught a whiff of almost like Islamic ideas about like men and women. Like that women shouldn't be educated, that women shouldn't um, like, like, well, shouldn't vote is one of them, which like we could talk about that, but honestly, it's gonna that's like never gonna happen. So I don't know why people even talk about that. Um, but my fear is that a lot of the ideas are gonna turn off young women who are like moving towards Orthodox Christianity because they'll see this sort of like hardcore right ideas about men and women like there has to be some sort of middle way of like promoting like family formation and explaining the downsides of careerism uh with women and things like that without saying that women need to be like totally repressed <laughs> you're saying they shouldn't lead with repeal the 19th yeah right. like yeah. it's just it's bad and then i yeah so there's mm -hmm. that and then also men are starting to have like you alluded to these really negative ideas about women who are maybe coming out of like a secular mindset and they're talking about their body counts and have this sort of like irredeemable view of especially like female converts and they want like a virgin trad wife who's never had any experience with men that they that and and that's also like just not going to happen in the modern world we live in a toxic culture but I don't know. There just has to be some way to like promote virtue and good values and good female and male relationships without veering into this like fundamentalist, like repression, these ideas of re repression. At least that's well, what I'm seeing. Tell me what you're seeing. I think, I, I think what, what uh, is key to understanding orthodoxy, especially, oh, let's talk about orthodoxy, especially, um, as, and especially for new converts. And I, I have certainly experienced this is that uh, is that orthodoxy is not an ideology. It, it is a worldview. And the difference between an ideology and a worldview is a worldview is complete. It, it tells you everything from, from cradle to grave on how to conduct yourself, how to understand reality, how to, how to compose yourself in the world. Uh, it's, it's meant to be there for you at all, at all, at all points and giving you structure and, and context for the, for, for the world. An ideology is literally an ideal, like what you're trying to shoot for. So I think with oftentimes with the red pilling and, and anti-feminist or feminist movements or whatever, right? When you're starting getting into sex and gender and, and, and family, this 
idealized family doesn't exist. It can't exist. It's, it's nice to shoot for, but if when you're actually in it, when you're actually in a long-term marriage, when my daughter just got came in, <laughs> like, uh, you know, when you're raising a child, uh, you understand that like your standards are, are constantly doing this all the time. Right. And you're just trying to keep you're, you're, you're approaching it with a, with an absolute principle and trying to maintain that principle constantly and knowing that you're going to fail all, you know, it's, it's baked into the pie. So what I see often, and again, not calling anyone out, but I think everyone knows, maybe you can guess who I'm talking about sometimes is that when you're bringing this ideal of both the family, men, women, the archetype into into let's say and then trying to find uh reasons and orthodoxy to support that that's the wrong way of doing it like you got to throw out the ideology completely and then engage the religion for what it is and the religion's going to tell you that no you, you look you're a complete total failure pile <laughs> like start off every day what uh, blessed sarah from rose once said it's like assume you are the worst we're assume you're the worst sinner constantly and forgive everybody else around you and then you begin, you, you can, you, you start your journey at a humble base and from there you build. And that's the, that's the only way I, I, I can, that's my tie, trying to tie that up into a bow, you know? Um, well, you know, people on. are so used to ideology. It's like they're, that's how they operate. It's how they've been operating. So it's sad, but it does seem like people are trying to find an ideology in orthodoxy. Um, mm -hmm that says men do this, women do that. Like, and it's all these prescriptions. Um, when in reality, if you actually go to some of these, some people I think are like too online because if you actually go to a church, you meet people with various different life situations. Um, some people are divorced. Some people are married with kids. Some people don't have kids. Some people are single. Like it's all these different things. And when you meet people in real life, you can have compassion for their life situation and outcomes are dependent on God anyway. So to like, deride people for their outcomes. I'm not to say, I'm not saying we don't have choice in how our lives go, but a lot of things are out of our control. So like having compassion for that. But if I say compassion, a lot of like people will be like, you're a leftist, right? <laughs> like, you know, um, it's hard to like have this conversation in this like left, right framework where if you try mm -hmm. to like soften the conversation a bit and say, you know, well, women seek, uh, uh, economic employment while they're waiting for a man or whatever, like, and try to help people understand the difficult choices we face in modernity, then they'll like screech at me that I'm a feminist. I'm like, I'm not a feminist. Um, <laughs> but well, this is, been... but this is where, this is where, sorry, Mark, I'll just, this is where the Trinity breaks it all. And this is, and it, I didn't understand. I understood the Trinity coming into orthodoxy. I accepted it. I, I didn't have the, the, the weird, uh, uh, conflict with it but i at the, for a long time i was thinking like it's just a theological you know whistle walls or whatever like whatever and then i was reading uh blessed seraphim's uh orthodoxy survival guide and then the first chapter and i don't remember exactly what he said but i'm like oh okay now i get it if you if you don't get the trinity if you get the trinity wrong everything else goes wrong mm. like it's it's paramount to to breaking you know the, this, the the dialectic i think buck you said this somewhere is that orthodoxy is an as a is a dialect a destroyer um it's because it's 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 introducing that third 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a dyad, we're a, tri- we're a triune um, religion. And by that triune, we, we, we break the dialectic. We, we, we create the paradox. And the paradox, like I, I've said on the channel quite often, the ritual and reality are one. Yeah. What, we, what we ritualize creates a reality. That reality creates rituals, and those things feed into each other. That's how you begin to live your life in orthodoxy, is, is this complete total circle uh, or or triangle, I guess, in, in that in that sense, of of understanding that this is there's something beyond you. This isn't about you, but it is about you. But it's about, also about this. You know, does that make sense? Yes, and and the cross, you can talk in the same way. I think it was Father Turbo that told Julie and I and her sister that too many people. What did these? Too many people are worried about the horizontal and the left and right and their connection with other people, left and right rather than what's going up and down also in your, in your connection with, with the devil or Christ. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to jump in with, with a statement, but I think when you're dealing with the the combination of online and new converts, I know, and this isn't restricted just to orthodoxy, but there's always this reflexive um, uh, sort of habit of, of new converted people to be like ex smokers and be very, Yes. Uh, you know, they go, they'll go all the yeah. way, and 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 then when when you're dealing with the online sphere, there's also that that desire to, you know, everything everything is the extreme. There's there's very little uh, motivation for moderate, like temperate, thought out, nuanced perspectives because yep. it's you want to get that that dopamine hit of likes and whatever, and and it's there's always much more of a reward for getting the gotcha instead of like, oh hey, listen, let's be forgiving. And understand that a lot of people learn through mistakes. And that, I think that's the number one thing that we learn through. And if that isn't the message of Christianity, then I think you're getting some of it wrong. Yes. It's, some of it was a bit foreign to me um, because I'm, well, I'm 46 and I wasn't Orthodox till um, I got into the church this last couple of years. So prior to that, I was an atheist for the most, for my 20s and 30s, we could say. And I had a, I have a good career, had one then through all, all throughout my twenties, I've toured the world playing music. And for large swaths of that, I was single. And so for me now to like, if I meet a girl and she's in her thirties or something or forties, and she's like, look, yeah, like in what ridiculous scenario would I say, well, I hope you're a virgin. I mean, it's not even, and I, and I work in a alpha male type of career and I've worked with men and women, but largely men for 25 years, not one. And a lot of them are Christian, you know, be it Protestant, but whatever, uh, not one of them has ever had this discussion, man, I sure wish I could find a girl who's never been with a man. It's not even, it's just stupid to be quite honest with you. And if I was 20 and that's what I was looking for, fine, I got it. But, you know, being single, uh, well, I'm not single now, but until meeting Julie, the, the last thing I'm doing is trying to scope out a woman. Hey, you've never been with a guy, have you? Because that's what I want, <laughs> right. a virgin. Like, it's such a ridiculous cartoon that I, I can't, I never took any of it serious. And then when you see, you know, I guess we won't say names, but this also this dumb discussion of, oh, well, guys want someone who's a 10 and they're only 10s when they're like 25 years old and then when they're 35 they're like a six like 
What oh, we can talk about we by we we can drop Pearl's name. That's fine. Okay. I'm just <laughs> the, the, the only names that I'm trying to avoid are um, yeah. Some people in the Orthodox sphere because I I have a, a strict rule. Generally speaking, is I've I have broken on occasion um, where I try not to be overly critical of of uh, of let's say Orthodox content creators or people online. I just I, I, I don't. It's like no enemy to to that side yeah. <laughs> like no one me above, whatever yeah right I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. That. yeah yeah exactly um, but it's 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 just i i find it um unless someone's really gone off the reservation or someone's really uh, it's uh, you know classically i had a dust up with cyprian um but that was whatever i'm not gonna get into it it's just it's just more like it, you, you gotta only, cross a line with me i'll know? talk about matt erickson but no one else <laughs> right well yeah but fuck matt so it's fine little <laughs> But I think I think Dude, part of this, <laughs> I think part of this is just a thought I've had recently, but I think there's like an unreality aspect going on that's almost similar to the transgender phenomenon where people are like too online and lacking in real world experience. So then they like conjure an idea that they can like change their gender or sex. And it's because they're like disconnected from real human relationships and reality and they're like um they're disembodied right and because of digital technology and i think that drives that phenomenon and then there's like something where like people like i don't think everyone's immune from that it can just take different forms like this sort of like trad fantasy ideal of like a virgin who's 20 and has never made any mistakes in her life and um or like women not working um, and and like, also, what's with the sundresses? I don't, I don't understand the sundress <laughs> phenomenon. Like, I do like a good sundress, but yeah, but I mean, <laughs> not all the time. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it reminds me of being like a relationship and cap. Oh, yeah, so, like, good idea. Okay, yeah. how right. Does that flow yes. in real life. How right? does it flow in real life? And, and I've had that having raised yeah. kids. I mean, I've been. Okay, if you're gonna cast the first stone, I've, I've been with the same woman for uh, going on 19 years now, but. There was a period in my life when I was a young man and I'm going to be the last to judge and then now raising daughters and obviously we try and encourage them to be chaste and whatever, but you have to realize like the culture that we live in and the reality the way it is. And uh, yeah, I think that overshooting that it doesn't, you're not, you're not winning friends and influencing people like you're exactly. turning people, you're turning people off when you're, when you're coming with this open. If, if you're not chased, you're going to hell. And, and the trad aspect of it, I think there's funny labels that get put on it. For one, right wing, um, I'm I'm skeptical to use that coming out of, you know, basically following right wing politics for a long time. You know, I see someone like Pearl asking about, I think she was tweeting something like her favorite people are Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I saw that. And she actually knew who Thomas Sowell was. I think she said his name. So that kind of surprised me. But it's like people will tell her, oh, look, this right wing lady. It's like she's not right wing. I'm not knocking any of us, but I, I just see that get thrown out there in the vernacular a lot. It's like she just not, wouldn't understand a thing about um, actual political stuff. She's a kid for one, which is funny that anyone's listening to. I think she's like 26. And, um, and then the whole thing about all oh, trad, 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 traditional. It's like, well, my grandfather and grandma were very Christian, very Southern. Um, all the good and the bad that comes with that very old school and my grandma worked most of her life and, and i know this will blow some people's mind my grandfather cooked dinner for her almost <laughs> every night he was not at the fire station 
Um, and so you see these like cartoon narratives like, oh, the man can't cook or he's a pussy or something. Excuse my language. Like, but it's like, well, my grandpa could did beat up a lot of men and 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 was a tough guy, a southerner redneck. And he cooked. I mean, is he not traditional? Is, is he like soft or something like that? So I like it's kind of like when I would say through 2020 and 2021, it's the emperor has no clothes moment. And it's like you're saying all these things that are supposed to be true, according to you. But in my own experience, looking around is not real. So mm-hmm. that yeah. that it seems silly to get back and forth discourse on it, which is I've rarely ever and even engaged with Pearl, I've made little quips at her because it's just just silly. Um, but I, I try not to even get bogged down. And it's it's a fake. It's almost like a fake dialectic um, that that someone's concocted somehow. And and I will I will give some credence to the fact that modern feminism has created a lot of this backlash. And so mm-hmm. that that was. I don't know if you want to call that the original sin. We, you know, you're going at this part back hundred years, discovering where something started. But that's what's caused this reaction. But it's an unhealthy reaction because right. you're basically giving the same energy that they are. You're just redirecting it back at them rather than trying to d- direct it at yourself and figure out what's going on here. Why am I thinking these things? Why do I have this angst or this hate or this anger? against i suppose the opposite sex but I, I i also suppose it's more than just that that's kind of how it's playing out verbally but i think there's other places that anger's kind of festering pride and vainglory always leads to resentment yeah it's just, it's, it's the cornerstone and almost all I, I think all ideologies especially the ones we're familiar with from the 20th century on up uh are resent they their introduction to everyone's life comes from that resentment. I didn't get what I wanted. I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. I'm not as pretty as I am as the next person. I, uh, you know, me, 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 I, 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 all down the list. And from that, and you're going to find some place where you feel slighted or you don't feel like you measure up. And instead of going, well, that's about me and I need to deal with my pride and vainglory, I extend it outwards and find the next person who that's their fault. It's Girardian scapegoating. It's, it's orthodox passions. It's all the things. And as soon as, as, soon as uh, anyone who's devious can find the, that little thing, you know, that little devil on, the side, on, your, on your shoulder going, well, you know, it's not really you. You're fine. You're perfect. You're great. It's that <laughs> other person. It's the other thing, right? It's women, right? It's That's women. It. It's, it's more of a, like, I was going to say, it's, 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 it's shrouded in this, I want to return to a time or a tradition that they really lack any experience of. And I always say, yes. you have right. to apply, like, it's, I apply the same thing to it as my criticism of the people who are like, oh, the Europeans came over here and made a genocide. I'm like, I don't think you were there at that time. And I don't think you walked a mile in their shoes. And I bet you it was a little bit more nuanced. And so they have that same sort of idealistic view of the way things were. And that's not even the reality. Really what they're doing is just rejecting how bad the other option that they're taught in high school and college is. And so what they're doing is mirroring that, mirroring it in rejection instead of actually going and saying, doing the hard work, which would be. Or this idea, and especially you see this a lot with 
with a lot of men is that oh if i was if i was back at that point i would be it's like no you'd be a loser right. back then too. yeah like, yeah I'm, yes. no, no yes. offense. But like, <laughs> like my my grandfather would literally just laugh at you yes <laughs> and call you and call you very n- nasty names it would trigger the fuck out of you because yes my fa- my grandfather was based at you know he's a ukrainian right. pole like he was he didn't he gave zero chill zero fucks like at all <laughs> and i met you know i i knew him near the end of his life um i mean there's things like for example like i don't wear shorts uh in the summer and it comes back to when my grandfather was when i was young and my grandfather told me he's like shorts are for women for women uh children and queers like you know men don't wear shorts <laughs> and germans and 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 people and people pester me like I'm, i live in australia now where it gets to 40 degrees and people are like why aren't you wearing shorts i'm like I could tell you, but you're not going to like the answer. <laughs> Look at you using Celsius. What a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> Just can't do it. Um, okay, so a few a few notes. Uh, see? See? I, I understand why Buck does this. It does, mm-hmm. it does work. It does help out. Um, so, so some of the thoughts I just came out, uh, and I think... Buck, we've gone back and forth on this, and Julie, I would like to hear your your comments on this. Um, men need to be capable. This is one of my biggest uh, backlashes to this whole division of labor. Women do this, and men do that. In my mind, uh, you know, my wife and I, we have we we do our c- certain things, like, and we, you know, I do. I, I I'm fairly convinced that women don't know how to take out garbage. I just I, I've never. <laughs> I, I I'm it's the only sort of misogynistic trend in me. I'm like, I've never seen it happen. Uh, uh, we don't like doing it. It's, you know, that's, just, that's funny, babe, because before I did my interview today at one, Julie goes, do I need to do anything? And I go, if you could just take out the trash in these boxes, blah, blah. <laughs> I get done with the interview and she's in a meeting. I lo- okay. She didn't do it. That's cool. I didn't do it. She's a woman. No. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like men peeing behind the toilet. I think the entire, I think the resentment that created feminism was basically just like one woman back in like nineteen, like eighteen fifty, had to take out the garbage. Like that's it. <laughs> we need a vote. <laughs> We're going to overthrow this system. Hell with this. Um, but okay, so, it, but it does come down to this idea that, and maybe this is how I was raised. I believe that men should be able to do everything, everything in the household. A man should be able to do. Now, you might have a thing where a woman, you know, your wife does xyz and you do xyz because it's just that's how the cookie crumbles and you know uh whatever right uh but a man who can't who can't change a diaper a man who can't cook a meal a man who doesn't know how to clean a house or any of that has ceded all his power to his wife in that domain and as a, as the father archetype will kind of tell us is that so now you're weak and you've weakened yourself if you want to get all, you know, manosphere buck, you know, oh, here we go, right? Uh, you're a weak man now because you can't change a diaper. Like, or or you're like, oh, I can't, you know, I, I can, but I'm not going to do that. Change the fucking diaper. <laughs> like just, or clean the house or cook a meal. Like, yeah. what what is wrong with you? Because uh, if, if, if push comes to shove, it's so like you're 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 willing to go fight a war overseas, but you you're, but you but you can't uh, clean the house. Like that to me, doesn't right. factor. Um, so, Julia, that's, I'll throw that to your court. What, what do you? I 100% agree. Women are driven crazy by living with men who don't help around the house. It's mm-hmm. like you're an adult, you contribute to mess, help with the chores. <laughs> like it's not that it's not inherently feminine work, and to think that it is is very superficial. Just kind of a superficial idea. 
Um, and women don't like it. They really don't like not having someone around who can help identify mess and take care of it and help out in that way. It's just what adults do. So this whole discourse about how, yeah, like uh, men shouldn't pick up a broom or whatever is. I was just going to say, who told men that a vacuum cleaner is not a masculine machine? It makes <laughs> they no invented sense. it. Yeah. <laughs> they probably invented it. It's loud. Um, yeah. My vacuum cleaner sucks. Yeah, I tricked mine out. I have a flamethrower on mine. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, uh, the vacuuming is one of my like greatest pleasures in the world, especially if you own like pets. Just cleaning oh, yeah. the carpet. Yep. Uh, one of the greatest joys, and this is, and we've said this on the show before, but and Buck, we'll just keep your eyes on Buck when I say these two words: power washer. It's like an instant <laughs> owner. Every man is looking at power washing going, that's good. And you do it and you're like, oh, that's so good. I watch power washing YouTube videos at night. (laughs) I wrote in my old driveway with one. (laughs) It's so satisfying. Vacuums are just power washers, but for the the floor, it's it's really just that simple. Well, Um, yeah, and it's it's like infantilizing to think that men can't help with things. And babies are like 24 seven work. So if your guy refuses to change a diaper, it's like, it's like, I don't want my wife to have a, a career working in an office. Okay, well, an office job is nine to five. Raising a baby is 24 seven. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot of work. So if you're not gonna help her like ever. Um, yeah. Well, and you know the stat, right? Like 75% of women initiate the divorce. It's like, yeah, cause you don't clean the house. Yes, and she, she doesn't wanna live with a slob and someone who makes her life worse. You're making her life right. worse. Like if you're useless, you know. But okay, so that all being said, we can also deal with the idea of, of evil women, and there and there yes. are some out there. Um, and certainly, we can look at things like OnlyFans. We can look at um, uh, uh, you know uh, a lot of mimetic trends that are going through uh, through society that are affecting young women and are producing horrible results for them. Uh, you know, they're you know I know they're 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 trendy. <laughs> that young woman's having fun. Yeah, she's three. She's she's Aww. a delight. <laughs> she she is. She's a, she's amazing, but she's also three. So sometimes she's not. She's the third. Um, she, I'm she, uh, she's Mark's replacement. I'm training Mark's replacement as we speak. Um, <laughs> um, stay cute, Mark. That's all I'm saying. Um, but that's that's tough competition. I don't know. It it is. Uh, where was I going with this? Uh, evil women ideas let me just let me just, let me just uh, uh talk to the daughter for a second but uh, evil women go, go. I, we were buck and i were just talking about this we were talking yeah. about women um who like hi cutie <laughs> you talking to me <laughs> well <laughs> um we were talking about women that like what were we talking about women at the gym or who dress very scantily or women who are like signaling online that they're sexy oh, and they're scantily women. clad and yeah, how they that gym and i said you go what's that gym all about and i said i have two people i know that went there and it was they both said that is an instagram gym okay. and it's right. got girls like flexing in the mirror i flexing that's the guy word for it but whatever the girl <laughs> yeah, in front of the mirror with selfies and, and they actually they have like a ring lights and selfie sticks like the, the girls that go to that gym oh I thought you were going to say the gym has them. 
No, oh, no. That's probably the, coming. The, the, the dumbbells and then the ring lights. Yeah. I bet right. that's coming. It's a oh, matter of sure. time. I just had a vanity. It's a vanity in, in it and how shallow that is. And, the, and you, were, you had a very good dialogue to me on what that will attract. Well, I was saying that women think that if they signal that they're attractive and sexy, that they'll attract a man. Like they just, it's a very surface level idea. Show that I'm beautiful, get man. But it's actually repelling good men because she's signaling that she's available to all. And a good committal man isn't going to want a woman who's signaling that she's sexually available to all. Because, and this is like, there's things that like our grandmothers used to say, like, oh, she looks cheap. And like, that actually, that's a thing. Like, you can look cheap. And what I mean by that is like, you're signaling that he doesn't have to do much to get access to your body. Um, You want to actually... I'm not saying you should dress dowdy or like you can still look good, but you have to look classy because if you're not, then you're going to signal to a man that he doesn't have to be of um, high virtue to get access to you. But women don't think deep enough about it. So they just think I look sexy. I'll get a man. Right. And it's like, well, actually you're going to attract a bad man um, because you're going to attract a guy who doesn't want to put in work to like have a committal and healthy relationship with you. I think the word Um, you're describing is modest. It's yeah. not, it's yes. not, um, it doesn't mean unkempt, right? right. Like you can Very be good. classy and gorgeous yeah. and whatever, but you know, modest. And that, that, that signals, it's not a negative that signals a lot to men about your stature. And right. uh, I think it's, it's something that definitely is missed. It's not taught to women because they're, right. they're told, you know, tits and ass and that's what gets you a man. And it's, yeah, you're hundred percent right. That it, it sends completely the wrong signal. They don't understand what they're commanding, right? If you're like, if you're dressed immodestly, you're just commanding bad attention from men who don't want to, uh, who want the 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 prize like right. for very little effort, basically. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, but no one explains this to women, and it's kind of a paradox because you would think, oh, if I just show that I'm beautiful, a man will like me. But there's like a nuance there that women aren't being taught. So yeah, and then like. Gosh, I, that's not even to speak about like OnlyFans and and stuff like that, um, where they're monetizing the immodesty um, mm-hmm. in a shallow way. That's concerning. Um, I don't like it personally because it it uh, I don't want a girl to think that that's all she has to offer is um, nudity, and that's it, and that's what seems like OnlyFans kind of is based around, I mean, I know there's like comedians or whatever on there, but it seems like largely it's that. And they think, well, if I just show my nipples or my butt or whatever, um, I get money. And then it starts to wrap. They start to get this circular mind. It's like, they give me money. These guys like me. I'm important, but it's so surface, literally surface. It's the surface of their skin level. And it feels like, uh, I mean, I knew a girl, there was an OnlyFans girl that went to my gym. I haven't seen her in, in some time, but I would we I followed her on Instagram, and she would say like, "Hey, I'm doing another shoot," and blah blah blah. I go to this page, and then like 12 hours later, it's like, I don't know, after midnight, and she's on there crying like on her story <laughs> feed. Um, I'm lonely, mm-hmm. and it's like, geez, that's because all you think of is that guys want you for your skin, mm-hmm. and. I guess that would make you, and she would post Nietzsche quotes. And I was like, geez, this is like pure, this is actual nihilism uh, being displayed for all to see. And so that, um, 
that's sad as well, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, it speaks to um, the difference between, I think, men and women and how they would think of um, competition and gaining, let's say, followers or views. Now, we, we're doing podcasts, obviously. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers. Please like, subscribe, share. Uh, we'll get monetized, and then we can probably get canceled we're like 15 <laughs> we're like, be careful no, we're five away we're five, five away no thousand on youtube so oh it's, uh, okay it's uh please um, do the do the things I'll post this in my um, YouTube pay attention to us and i'll take my shirt off i've done it for money thing. many times it's not a bad it's, it's not a bad deal um uh give us money and i won't take my shirt off and that's that's probably even better <laughs> Um, win-win, but, uh, yeah, so, so men would, would approach this completely differently. And I think because these sites are built for, I mean, obviously these sites aren't only built for, for pornography, but they've kind of become synonymous with pornography. Men would approach all those things very differently in terms of it's our aggressive competition. Oh yeah. You know, one, one ups and ship rivalries would start all that's all those things. It's not that women are immune to those to, 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 to that is that I don't think women, um, uh, uh, it's not so much that they're not good at it; they're not prepared for it. Is there a man can 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 disassociate himself from from the product and from him from himself? But probably and and with and with disastrous results down the line as well. Um, tons of examples of that. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's just it's just a thing. I don't believe that women uh, are naturally capable of doing that. Uh, they will attach themselves to that product, and when your product is yourself there's therein lies a psychosis like now you're a product that's selling itself that you can't disassociate from so now you so now all criticism and all con and and uh the competition for the product becomes a competition with they internalize that uh that competition if that makes sense and that is just producing more and more if we know the the old the old adage women are crazy it's like well women are now there's a lot of women who are who are legitimately going crazy um, yeah, and I think it's also because they're not really taught about the sort of duality in men that we will have our urges and our attractions, and you're gonna get you're gonna get one or the other depending on how you act. And so, like, these, I just read a story about a woman who had OnlyFans, and she was like, "I didn't understand it because I went on, and all she was getting was the urge side of men, uh, and they would just push her and push her and push her." And she was like, "It was never enough." So even though I thought I was making my fans happy, they'd be like, "Come on, just just." Do this thing and men will do that and when you're when you're when you're attracting that side of it and every man has both sides of these and it's you know obviously we we strive to be holy to um fight our urges and and only go with the attraction and but we will be attractive i remember i remember telling my daughters like just from my own experience was like listen if if a guy wants to sleep with you on the first date it's probably because he doesn't like you. if he does like you it will not matter how chaste you are it will not affect him he'll like you even more and you'll find out right away whether or not he likes you because if, if he's just following his urge he'll he'll be gone and so there's i don't really know where i'm going with that but there's something i think that women are really lacking in understanding about men that you'll get attention either way it's which attention are you after and what are the consequences of the of the the bad one versus the good one and the bad one will drive you nuts and leave yeah, you in I... a ditch like naked and just nothing left like they will use everything you everything you give them they will take and more yeah, I think I think that that's a misconception women have too. Like, I'm glad you told your daughters that it, um, 
you don't have sex with them on the first date, it'll actually filter out people who aren't serious about a relationship. Because I think a lot of women think, well, if I don't have sex with him right away, he he'll like just go me, get yeah. he'll go get it somewhere else. So I better just give him what he wants and he'll stick around. And it's and then they're confused when he's not committal down the line. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and that's hard to understand because I think and the other thing is that when women sleep with someone, usually there are outlier women that are not well. Um, but usually when a woman sleeps with someone, it's because she wants an emotional relationship. She wants a relationship. That's how she bonds and shows that she's um, interested in a relationship um, and she projects that men are doing the same thing but they're not um, they're just interested right. in the physical experience so a lot of women don't understand those differences between men and women and we're you know feminists have been beating the drum of we're all the same for decades so but that's something yeah, men don't them. don't understand about women as well and then uh, even uh -huh. myself in my younger years they end up damaging a lot of women because we think they yes. think like us and they can detach it and yes. there's no moral consequence yeah once you right. realize that and again that came from me raising daughters you're like, oh right shit. Yeah, yeah that that's a bad thing yes yeah. which is why other than the fact that men can't reproduce with men that's why in the other way of the term don't tell dave rubin degenerate uh, the gay scene is because it's all urges it's just all right, urge, exactly urge. and that's also why so many gay relationships uh the few guys that i've known that had this these relationships like as a couple were open open relationships mm -hmm. because they can't they just have the urges the urges the urges and unfortunately um and now I've, i learned this from julie and her sister too younger people that that um promiscuity and uh what do you call it babe the um Polyamory. Oh, Poly open, yeah, has, has bled into straight young couples, which I did not know was a thing also. And Julie was saying like a lot of the men she would meet when she was living in San Francisco that were actually straight um, wanted to be poly. And I didn't know that was a thing. And Amy's told her sisters told me the same thing. Like, Oh, I've had this guy, but he wants this. And it's that's gay culture, in my opinion, bleeding into straight culture and making it, degenerate uh in, in a sense hmm. i mean it's it's weird. Like, were the poly the poly like they wanted to be with you and another man or you and another girl because i can understand they, that i mean that's just you know they yeah. wanted <laughs> like a, I'll have six. i don't want i don't want their the mother-in-laws but i'll take all the wives see i i don't i mean like it's just like having one wife is enough i, I i've never understood this this like have five like are you out of your freaking mind like i one is fine it's a full-time <laughs> job man like what are you doing but yeah. Sorry, no, yeah, it's just a, a culture of non-commitment. Yeah. And yeah, I, I've thought I've thought the same thing that it's like, well, it's weird too, because you, I mean, you could kind of see how feminism was m trying to liberate women by creating sexual liberation, but now women can't get commitment. So it's like driven women into this cage of endless, meaningless, short-term, non-committal hookups. Um, and that was supposed to free us, but like, yeah, no, it was great for promiscuous men. Yeah. The men love it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, how is that not, how, yeah. How is that for women? Like that's obviously destroy the patriarchy by giving men what they want. Ah. Yeah. It's just like, it's terrible. Yeah. And it's very common in young people, zoomers, millennials, I'd say, especially, um, most millennials I know that dabbled with polyamory have given it up and are in monogamous relationships. Like they figure out pretty quickly that it doesn't work. Uh, but it's very du jour right now. Like mm -hmm. 
it's common yeah yeah i didn't i've seen it a lot but only like in the queer community which is again it's the that's a that's an ever-expanding term now everybody's some kind of queer yeah, that's the like other thing right now for all yeah everyone can be a queer you just say you are and it's like well now you've adopted all of that same you know garbage that comes with it yeah yeah sort of tacitly signing on like unless you got married in the 90s you're right. queer in, in one way or another yeah, I have, I have a fetish for my wife. Like, apparently, that's just <laughs> Jason's uh, yeah. wife queer. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so so I think getting into the to the, to the home stretch of the conversation, we can start to think of talk about sacrifice and suffering, which are two major concepts within orthodoxy. Is one of the two things that really, um, when I first really started encountering it, was my aha. Like, this is what I've been looking for. Um, and not finding because I was very much the same as, as Buck. 46, I'm 46 years old, 32 years an atheist, um, mostly because out of resentment and anger, uh, had been given a very incomplete idea of what Christianity was in terms of God being all loving and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and kind. And me looking around the world going, well, this is, this fails the test. Uh, just from what I've been told. And once you start to understand, when I started understanding that suffering is part of God's love, uh, that was the, the, the thing that unlocked my brain um, and led me down the royal path. It was like, okay, now I understand it. And, it's, and, you, and some things that happen to you when you become a father that are instantaneous and it takes a little time to catch up to them. Uh, because you start to becoming aware and you start to your your mind and and presentation changes uh completely uh i became aware of it i've shared this story on, on the podcast before but uh, right after my daughter was born uh, they wheeled us into from the delivery room into the recovery room whatever you want to call it and i became very aware in that instance like i started checking out my sixes and nines and i became aware that if anyone had come into that room with any kind of i would you know uh ill intent, I would have, you know, I would have gotten violent. Like I was all in defensive mode. Um, and that was just overcame me. It was, it wasn't a rational thought. It wasn't a, it wasn't a concept. It was just, it's just something that happened. So to get into that idea of suffering and, and sacrifice, it seems to me that this is the thing that's missing constantly in the red pill, anti-feminist or feminist movements where, where it's like, no one wants to give an inch. Right. No one wants to, 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 to I to uh, admit that there are differences here, and that that to have a successful relationship over time, there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of suffering that you're going to have to deal with, and you need to be able to deal with that uh, adequately. Now, you would think that people who are from the Orthodox sphere would be would be just promoting uh, um, uh, an Orthodox perspective on those on those two things, but it seems to be lacking. So. And again, you know, I, I would I didn't preface this because I don't I I don't think it's necessary. But none of us are Orthodox priests. We're not representing uh, any denomination. You, you know, this is we're we're not giving pastoral advice or right. care. Please go talk to a priest or a father or anyone else. You know, you feel feel free to to ignore everything that we say. Um, but it's coming from an honest place, I think, and I wouldn't have you guys on uh, otherwise. So, thoughts on that sacrifice and suffering. I. Um, I, just a quick thought and you kind of led me into it with what you just said one thing i have noticed too i almost never record an episode or if i think i'm about to tweet something or um say do a topic on an episode that i'm a little unsure about 
I asked my priest, and I think that there's people, I think, it seems as though there's people that's like, aren't clearing general things. I don't mean like every time I tweet, hey, Father Iggy, can I say this? But there's general broad sweeps of ideas that people throw out, and they say they're orthodox. And I feel like if Father Turbo saw me write that, or my priest saw me write that, they would call me out on it privately and say, please stop doing this. Hmm. And um, it's not like I've been perfect on Twitter by any means, but um, it just feels that way that it feels like the most obvious thing to do when you're Orthodox, if you're having an issue with something or other is talk to your priest. I say that to people all the time who are, Hey, I'm going through this, but you talk to your priest yet? No. Why not? Um, That's, I think that's missing for a lot of people. And it's such a it's such a luxury to have. It's wonderful that we have this within orthodoxy that it's a spiritual father or a priest or both in the same person. I think that's a very wonderful thing that we have. And I I I doubt that enough people that are online personalities are having discussions with their priests about some of the content that they put out there. Um, so uh, mine watches my show, as does Father Turbo. So I know in a second if I say something that's off off color. Or, or theologically incorrect, I don't go into those waters so much. But if I'm just, men should do this, and women, you're idiots, and I would, I would get messages quickly. And so I, I think I wish more people would have a relationship with their spiritual father or priest or it's the same person before they put content out there. Julie. Yeah, and I think, well, yeah, I think... Uh... The concept of sacrifice um, accounts for the issues in a lot of modern relationships because you have, maybe you have like, I don't know, both sides, like men that want to be poly, right? They don't want to sacrifice all women for one woman to have a family, right? So you have to do that if you're going to get be monogamous and get married. Um, and they don't see sacrifice as a virtue. So they're trying to have the whole world. Um, and then it's that maybe that way also mm. for women who are like feminist oriented, where maybe they love their, I don't know. I don't know a lot of women that like love their careers, but like there are, I guess, women who like want to hang on to things that, that they want and, and they struggle to sacrifice for like the good of their children or their husbands or whatever it is. So like, there's this, there are things that both sexes like have to think through or that are hard to give up. Um, but orthodoxy does teach sacrifice as a virtue and without sacrifice, like you can't bring something new into being, um, which is like our whole, the whole story of Christ. <laughs> um, is that he well, you, need, you need to die. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you need yeah. to die every day. Um, yeah. We, it's it's the uh, death of the world, right? Um, I was trying to find mine. I couldn't find it. It's in the laundry somewhere. But um, but uh, the you know the the whole concept of death of the world is is the world um, can also mean the passions. And and when you are dead to it, when you when you when you die to the passions, you are simply making them not be able to affect you in your life. Um, and that's what we do with the Jesus prayers. What we do. Um, constantly through prayer and through the fasting and, 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 and all our preparations is that we are, we know how this ends. Uh, 
ultimately for everyone and everything and for ourselves too. And we're preparing for that. And that end can happen at any time. It can happen today, tomorrow, you know, next week, whatever. Uh, and we are preparing for that constantly, every day, every minute, every, you know, in, in order to, when it, when it does happen, uh, we're not going to be caught off guard and we're ready for it. And that is, I think the true strength of it all, uh, especially with, from orthodoxy is that, uh, when you have that context, you're none of this other stuff. You don't sweat this stuff anymore. <laughs> like I'm not, I only fear God. I don't fear anything else. Like it's mm-hmm. everything else is just going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and because it's out of my, it's out of my hands, it's out of my hands. And I just, the only thing I can do is the things I do. So, yeah, well, I think yeah, there's um, also, there's a framing thing there too. When you, when you address relationships as sacrifice, I think people can get the wrong idea and it's not that it's, it's, um, torture. I think the right way to think about it is like exercise. It's like going to the gym. Yes, and it's you. You. It, that's not a bad thing. Okay, in today's society, I know a lot of people yeah. are not down with that. But as someone who spent most of my life in one, right, it's hard. You go, you put in the work, but it's the best feeling in the world at the same time, and you only get it from putting in the work. And that's what a relationship is. It's effort. And yes. so maybe sacrifice even like just effort. It's yeah. Um, I do get worried sometimes because Orthodox talk a lot about sacrifice and suffering, and I don't want people to think that they're going to be like miserable. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it, it is. It's a joyous experience, but it it's not Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it can lead to it. And my, I will say this is the this relationship. I hope this isn't TMI with Julie is the first one I've entered into as an Orthodox Christian, and and trying to to be a good orthodox christian and it's the most like happy and satisfying relationship i've had so you do sacrifice certain things i don't like the term suffering outside of orthodoxy because i to the the non-orthodox and not you necessarily it doesn't it doesn't doesn't translate they're thinking of like oh you mean like you let your wife yell at you all the time or something like that it's not that but if you can enter into a relationship or or bring this into your relationship that you already have it bears fruits uh in a positive manner i would say because she's bec- i mean she's like the most delightful person i've ever been around so how long have you guys been together uh six days no okay. <laughs> I, I think like six months i would say i was gonna say like we're still in this we are, you, this, you were this. both orthodox before you met or you met through that or how did that it's both and we met through it but okay we started seeing each other once we were both well i was about to get baptized oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah okay so there you go i don't know if you met at the church or whatever but there's young men we met on my show okay <laughs> hey, look at that. yeah that was my trick i'm gonna find attractive orthodox women as guests and see which there one you go. <laughs> yeah. no i'm joking <laughs> that's why he has all these church fathers on it's like you, you think it's, it's salvation it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. dating the priest thing wasn't working so I had to get a pretty girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay folks we're coming up to the hour uh, any final last thoughts um, on anything we've covered uh, of course Buck and Julie plug your shows tell everyone um, where they can find you and what you're up to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll, we'll play the outro. Okay. I have a podcast with my twin sister 
So that's kind of fun. It's called the Mystic Sisters. Uh, we're on YouTube. And um, we're trying to have weekly episodes, but we haven't been great at that yet. But talking about a lot of these issues. Big sacrifice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. And Amy, the artist, her sister's uh, art website, they've got a sub stack. I got Counterflow, I suppose. Great show. People watching this, familiar with that. So that's it for me. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. I love this Mr. Rogers kind of. Isn't it good? It's a, like it. it's, it's a Mark Aaron find. It's a good I one. Like I like it too. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're almost there. We are sitting at 994 subscribers on YouTube, which is, uh, uh, you know, I've said before, it's not about the numbers, but yeah, it's a little bit about the numbers. Uh, get us across the line, get us to a thousand. That way we can start getting super chats and all the money we get in, we'll be giving out as well. Uh, I try to subscribe to uh, Julie's uh, Substack, Buck. Uh, is his show as well i everyone who comes on the show i try to support in some way shape or form because i think that's just the way we should do things um leave your comments in the uh, we, we got a subscriber in the chat we got one too. oh good after um, a thousand it'll stop being about the numbers yes yes exactly <laughs> i know there's six of you listening that haven't hit subscribe to their page so just do it oh does it show you that it takes two no, seconds but there's got to be six people listening that haven't yet it costs you nothing and might actually make us money. So it's, that's, that's, the, that's right. the thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Thanks, Buck. Thanks, Julie. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking this Friday to Adam Fitzgerald about 9-11. Uh, and, of course, the dust up in the desert. Uh, on October 20th, we'll have uh, David Granowski, Matt Erickson, and Cooper Brooks to come in and talk about the uh, PUFA rape heat. And then on, uh, I think it's October 25th or 26th, I'm not sure, uh, Flat Earth with David Weiss. So oh, thank you, man. folks. We'll talk to you again soon.